This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're tuned to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Your Time to Shine, and it's uh, our pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Celine Harlow, the host with the most. Is that what they say? <laughs> How are you, Celine? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, all the better for seeing you. You know that. And uh, what is the topic of discussion for today? It's a very interesting topic for me. What to do when you get triggered? What do you mean? What, what, what's a trigger? What do you mean trigger? So a trigger might be something very small, like, you know, your husband leaving um, um, a cup of coffee for ages on the bench or a colleague saying something to you that, you know, he might not mean anything by it, but you get really triggered by yes. it. Yes. You might feel really upset and it might start this entire conversation in mm-hmm. your head. So what do you do about all of that? Yeah. Could it be that, you know, like some people, I know exactly what you're saying about a trigger, just like making a mountain out of a molehill or perhaps being a little bit precious about life is... <laughs> Feels like you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> or could it be that, that, you know, genuinely there are triggers that obviously that upset people, but can we, a little, can we be a little bit too sensitive with triggers in our lives or not? Absolutely. I mean, with the example of, you know, my husband leaving the cup mm-hmm. of coffee on the bench, you know, the first time he ever did that, uh, once we moved in together, it didn't really bother me. The second time, it didn't bother me either. And then it was kind of like a buildup of situations, a buildup of, oh, that's a bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a bit frustrating too. And then you have this entire mountain of frustration. Yes, what do you do with it? You explode Yeah. after a while. And what did your husband do when uh, you explode and you say, look, you know, you've been doing it for months? Did he say, which what I would have said, I was like, well, why didn't you mention it a bit earlier? Yeah, my husband is annoying because he doesn't get triggered by me getting triggered. You know, arguments often start like that. You know, I get triggered and then the person um, on the other side, shall I say, gets triggered as well. And then it's this kind of conversation, both with my husband, he doesn't get triggered at all. At all. He just takes so, it as yeah. it comes, just cruises on. Yeah, and he's like, well, Celine, this is your trigger. You yeah. know, if you want me to put the cup in, in the dishwasher, yeah. that's fine. It's your problem. And then I can't have it. an argument with him. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, well... What are some of the... Uh, let's, I've got a little list of triggers here. Should we talk about my list? Absolutely. You okay. seem to have a very long list. I know. It's a very, it is a very long <laughs> list, and we'd, we'd like to get through uh, half of them. Okay, some triggers, uh, and we're talking about relationships here, right? Um, the past as a trigger. Yeah. Okay, what else? so, well, um, I mean, let's just say we enter a new relationship, and everyone has a past. So some people's past can be a trigger for a partner, can't they? Because yeah, they wonder, you know, yeah. what what happened in your relationship? What about this? What about that? How do we deal with that sort of thing? Well, the way I understand it is that each experience that we have um, is here to teach us something. Mm-hmm. So we can, you know, often with the past, you know, you start thinking about something and then it, you get upset about it because it happened, but there's nothing that you can do about it. So the ideal here is to integrate the lesson. What did you really learn from this? What were you? What was your heart trying to learn? You may have been trying to learn independence or curiosity, patience, integ- integ- uh, integrity, mm-hmm. um, unconditional love for your partner, that kind of stuff. So integrate the lessons and then realize that you no longer need to experience the same things again. And so because you've been growing as a person, you don't need to attract the same kind of partner anymore. It is easy to say that, though, isn't it? That's the theory, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Right. In, in real life, it gets a little bit messy sometimes. Are all triggers in many respects to do with trust of some thought you know trust in one way or another i think it has to do with self-worthiness a lot Mm. like if we go back to the 
cup on the bench example mm-hmm. you know i'm not really upset about the cup on the bench it's in itself it's something very small but i'm afraid that you know my husband would not value having a clean house as much as i do and that the next thing is that i'm not i'm afraid that he doesn't value my our relationship mm. with each other as wow. much as i do so that's actually the belief um you know underneath that's the core belief so when you work on that which is all to do with self-worthiness you know feeling yeah worthy and happy in your relationship and knowing that you're partner respects you and understands you and values you you know that's the underneath thing it's, it's never really been about the cup this very deep um, <laughs> that, that, that all comes from a cup wow there is a song about that's called no milk today i don't know the song you should listen to it sometimes uh, it's very much about your cup so but how do you get around that so uh, do you have to make when you become in, when you come into a new relationship do you have to say look this this is my expectation you wouldn't obviously say specifically don't leave your cup lying around, would you? Well, you know, I think the first thing is not like you, you need to identify your triggers and see them as triggers rather than the reality. You know, oh, this is something that really triggers me. The cup on the bench its something that's very small. But I know that when that happens, when there's a cup on the bench and it's there for a couple of hours, instead of being in a dishwasher, I get angry. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, this is a pattern that I have. And then you can start to make a different choice. How can I react to this differently? And then as you're working through this, explain to your partner, okay, I, I get really triggered by this and I'm working on it. Mm. But um, in the meantime, could you have patience with me and we can have chats about it. And you can also put your cup in a dishwasher and that would be really helpful <laughs> and help us all. Or you could just put the cup in a dishwasher yourself. Why wouldn't you do that? Oh, you're, you're not a woman. <laughs> Women tend to do everything themselves if, um, if yeah. Yeah. Their partner doesn't doesn't do it for them. So, yeah, that's a tendency. You know, you really need to understand why is there frustration? You know, what does it mean about your relationship? What does it mean about the other person? What does it mean about yourself? Mm-hmm. And then make a different decision. You know, our triggers really inform us about where we're at in our lives. And uh, once we understand it, it's a mine of information, really. And it's not really about the frustration or the anger or the fear, the sadness. It's about what do you want to do with it? Do you want to keep it? Fine. That's your choice. I suppose, though, that when you enter a relationship, whether it's uh, another relationship you've come from, you know, you might have been married before, you've been living with a partner before for some long time, and then you enter a new relationship, it's the last thing that we're going to be talking about triggers, isn't it? Because we we generally, you know, is it lust or is it love when you first get with someone new and they can do no wrong? And then as you become uh, more... Uh, into each other you get to know each other's ways you start noticing the little things that you didn't notice in the first place they weren't they, they weren't triggers in the first place when do they become triggers i mean I, mm. let's just pick on your poor husband for one more moment <laughs> i would guess that he maybe <laughs> i would guess that maybe your husband probably left a cup lying around in the very early days of your relationship as well and it probably was not an issue to you because it was such a fresh relationship that you know, yeah, you were madly in love and it didn't matter. Who cares about a cup? What? When did, when did you start worrying about little things like that? Um, I think when we came past the honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. honeymoon phase and we started to be a bit more honest about each other, thinking, okay, this is a, a relationship that's actually going to last and we're going to get married in a few months, so we need to address these issues now. It's, it's something that, that needs to be addressed because... You know, if I don't talk about it now, mm-hmm. um, it's going to become an even bigger problem in my mind. So I think that's 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 when you, the stage at which you know you need to talk about this. Okay, this is what I get um, triggered about, mm. and this is what you get triggered about. And you know, it doesn't need to be an argument. It's just a conversation about who I am and who you are, and it's all good. Did you write down a list each of your triggers? I have so many triggers. I got triggered last week so many times. That's why I had to postpone the recording for this mm-hmm. show because you were triggered. I know. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your triggers? Okay. 
Um, so last week I had a job interview for um, just doing some research work for a magazine. Mm-hmm. And so it was a phone interview and it lasted for about 20 minutes and it was with the most oh, sexist men in the entire world. Mm, wow. It was it was insane, and I could see what was happening. I could see myself be, being triggered by him and by how, you know, how overpowering he was and how he was trying to um, establish his power over mm. me. I, I wasn't even employed, you know. Like no. I just I was just thinking about working for his company, um, and I could see him being triggered by me uh, because he wanted me to be a certain way in order to work for his precious um, journal, for his precious magazine. And you know, it was kind of like this this really fun conversation between our two egos. Mm. It wasn't really. A about the job anymore and um, I could see it happening and I started laughing and, and myself and, and thinking okay I'm not going to get the job but I'm going to get through the interview and I'm going to integrate the lessons afterwards and that was all very good but um, he ended up hanging up on me really and I ended up crying and calling no. my friends and it was the worst it took me two two days actually you know five days to just get over myself so what trigger did he pull on you to um, make you like that it, what triggered me was that he wasn't listening to me, and so I felt that I was not valued, mm. and um, that he was trying to force a perspective, a point of view um, on me, like he, he wasn't, he made me feel like I wasn't enough, basically. Mm. And I knew that I was, I was overqualified for the job, right? Mm-hmm. You know, anyway. And, um, and so that's what I didn't appreciate. But, you know, like, even then I knew that I had a choice. I could decide to work or not to work mm. for him. And I obviously I decided not to because it would have been a very um, toxic relationship. Yeah, it seems fairly radical that uh, someone who's doing an interview with you would hang up on you. I wonder when you reflect on the interview. Obviously, like you say, he was being sexist. But I wonder what you might have said to him. Do you think that made him want to hang up on you? Just because oh, yeah. it was, was he just because he was sexist? I didn't meet his expectations at mm. all. He had very high expectations for a very simple job. And I, f- I think that nothing that I could have said could have made me feel good enough, you know, to him. Mm. And I think that's what it came down to, you know. And I mean, I was I wasn't actually sure that I wanted a job, mm. and he wasn't sure that he wanted to hire me. So mm. it wasn't a good fit from the start. No. Mm. So were you rude to him? No, I was I was actually very polite. And I was talking to my friend about it, and she said that I could have been rude. And mm. I think that'll be my my next step when somebody does this <laughs> to me. I can be rude and be really honest about what's happening. So what what, <laughs> le- so what lesson would you take away from that? I mean, how would you keep your triggers under control the next time you get into a situation where obviously the interviews or it's not going your way through no fault of your own? How would you um, take control of that interview moving forward? Hmm. I think um, I tend to be afraid of managers. So recognizing that a figure of authority doesn't mean that, you know, I lose, um, um, I, I can, I mean, I can still say whatever I need to say in mm-hmm. order to feel safe and comfortable. Um, so that would be one lesson for me. The second lesson would be to um, feel that I still have a choice, you know. If it's not this job, then it's going to be another job. Sure. In which I'm going to be really feel comfortable and I'm going to be valued and uh, the staff, you know, with the staff. And um, and also knowing myself that whatever happens um, after the interview, I am still good enough. I, I can still value and love myself and accept myself just the way I am. Yeah. And it's his not. It's not his decision. It's my decision. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe hang up on him next time. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Very satisfying. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I've 
that must that must have been one disastrous interview. It was it was a disaster, but it was it was so enlightening. And you know, like I think if I had had this interview um, five years ago, I wouldn't have understood that it was just about him and his mm. projections. Um, and that I would have thought, like, you know, what, what is wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. What could I have said that could have made him want to hire me? Blah, 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 blah. But instead, I was able to kind of detach myself from, from the conversation instead of being this conversation between two egos triggering each other. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, taking a step back, detach yourself from the situation and see, oh, this is what's happening. Yes. I'm getting triggered because in the past I've been abused by managers, mm-hmm. you know, at work. So, and this is why I'm getting triggered now. So, yeah. In fact, it would be very interesting for you to do a follow-up on that. Uh, in fact, that's what I used to do when I was applying for jobs. If I didn't get the job, then I would always wait a couple of days and I would ring you up and I'd say, Hi, Celine, you remember me, Ken Morrison? Um, I applied for that job, uh, blah, blah. And I just wonder, just for my um, own betterment, the next time I go for an interview, would you mind telling me where I went wrong or what could I have done better so that you might have employed me? And then it's very interesting to get their feedback because in the main, they never expect you to do that. Mm. They just expect you to say, oh, sorry, you didn't get the job. And they're going, whew, told him, mm. tell the next one. So it is, why don't you do that? Why don't you ring that guy up and say, look, now that I've had time to think about it, I just wonder, where did we go wrong? How come I didn't get that job? Mm. Why did we end up almost hanging up on each other? Just... I think for me it was a decision and I knew from the start, from from the very moment he said hello to me that it wasn't going to work. It was mm. just a feeling that I had. Yes. And I just needed to experience that in order to learn the lesson and move on. But anyway, uh, what was your question again? I was going with somewhere with that. I don't know where you were going with that. I, c- I could yes. not remember. One of your triggers. Yeah. But it was going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, d- I chose not to not to risk, uh, call him again because I knew that it wasn't going to work. And also it was a, dis- a decision that I made in order to preserve myself. I didn't want to be abused on the phone again by mm-hmm. this person. And so that's a decision that you'll have to make in order to keep yourself safe. You know, you're your first priority and you need of to course. love yourself. And if somebody is not being nice to you, then it's not worth it. And a better job is going to show up for you. Okay. What are some of, what are some of the other... The triggers that we need to be slightly aware of uh, in our relationships. You know, I mean, you, uh, you want me to give you examples? Well, what about, uh, for instance, this again, take your own relationship. Uh, and I see one of the triggers that on an article that I was reading was that, in many respects, you have to be a little bit wary about talking about your ex relationships. So your ex partner, you know, comparing your new partner to your ex partner. And I think that many people do that, don't they? Which is a trigger, perhaps, for one, the person doing the comparison, and then the other person who's being compared. That's a trigger, <laughs> isn't it? You think, well, well, why are you comparing me with that person? Well, I think it's I all to do with self-worthiness you know, issues. So you have to really work on that and see, well, you know, what does it really mean about me? Is it really the highest truth? And can I see this in a different perspective? And instead of blaming the other person who's triggering you, take responsibility for your actions, your feelings, and your thoughts and see, well, how else can I see this and what can I learn from it? And how can I move forward from there? Sure, but it's, uh, it's just part and parcel of what people are, isn't it? It's just a normal way of thinking. So when someone's coming out with you, for instance, they're possibly comparing you to the person they went out before, which is not fair on you. And it's not fair on the other person that they're comparing to, is it? <laughs> I think it's just it's just the way that the way that we do things. It's a primary, um, how do you call it, a survival instinct, right? To um, uh, um, judge our current circumstances based on past circumstances. It's just something that we do um, from yeah the primal 
part of our brain. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. And it's normal, but it doesn't mean, you know, if a client compares me to another practitioner, it doesn't mean anything about me sure. and I'm stronger. I love myself enough enough to know that, you know, I'm not this person and, and I can do a different job, a better job even. But what if I said to you, oh, wow, Celine, my, my first wife was a much better cook than what you are. <laughs> is that a trigger for you? You can cook dinner yourself then. <laughs> but that's a trigger, isn't it? Um, You've been compared yeah, to someone else. Well, nothing is a trigger in itself unless you give it value, unless you feel frustrated and angry by it. Which you would be. Everyone will be. No, I would be like, you know, I'm going to cook my dinner and you can cook your dinner. So there you are. So you're, you're being petty because I was... <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it works in real life, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's a trigger. Everyone's got triggers, and regardless of how in control you think you might be, I think being compared in particular to uh, someone who's gone before, it's very much a trigger, isn't it? Mm. But again, it, it doesn't mean anything unless you give it value. Yes. So just recognize that, and then. But you gave it value immediately by telling me that I had to cook my own I tea. told you what you wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the biggest uh, problem that we have in our lives, uh, making comparisons, do you think, that create triggers for other people? I think for me and in my experience, it's, feel, it's feeling that we're not good enough. And comparison, you know, will boil down to this. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough for my partner. I'm not enough to myself, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's really the worthiness issues that it co- all comes down to, I think. It would be an unusual person that didn't have a trigger, wouldn't it? Everyone's got triggers in one Absolutely. form or another. Absolutely, and I think, it, I think it makes life fun, to be honest. Otherwise, we would be quite bored. And Well, you know how I believe in self-development, and I believe mm-hmm. that you know you can take one trigger at a time and just you know dissect it and then mm. um, just let it go once you've um, um, acknowledged a lesson and, and moved. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah. But, you know, some people will just choose to keep their triggers because it's keeping them safe, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely fine. As long as you just... Um, Acknowledge that it is a trigger, and um, what did I want to say? Do you get triggered every day? Absolutely, in small and big ways. Yeah, it's very interesting. It is interesting because here you are, you're on the trade of uh, telling other people how to take how to live their take, lives, live their lives <laughs> and how to uh, you know be aware that there are things in their lives that they're triggers to be aware of them and how to avoid them. Yet here you are getting triggered every day. What's what's your problem? I think that we're all in this together. Yes. You know, we're all in this journey together, learning from each other all the time. And, um, you know, I'm here to help people who are ready to be helped and mm-hmm. who are ready to work on their triggers and their stuff and their drama and their trauma. And I'm here to help because I've done a lot of training and I've worked on myself for a very long time. Um, but, you know, if this is not something that you're sure. into, then all good. Can you overthink triggers? Absolutely. I think that's I think that's a danger with triggers, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like somebody will just um, cut you in traffic and you're getting work, um, late to work as a, as a result and then you make this big deal yeah, of this that's right. person who was really inconsiderate and really mean and potentially dangerous, you know? And you, it's just, you, you're never going to see that car, that driver again, but it turns into this huge story and there's nothing that you can do about it. But yeah. You've got to put life into perspective, don't you? So, you know, f- let's look at your cup again. Um <laughs> Or, like, you know, my wife hates me leaving lights on. And I said, well, maybe we should start worrying about things that are really worth worrying about. Not a cup on a bench, not leaving a light on. So putting things into perspective that you think, yeah, it's not such a big deal. Mm, Absolutely, yeah. So I'm sure I've probably got triggers myself, but I think, oh, well, I'm sort of a bit bit cruisy. I think, oh, well, so what? Leave the heater on. It's nice and warm. Left the light on, can see where I'm going. (laughs) Uh, So I don't really sort of tend to get worried about the little things. And the little things, lots of little things, big things. How do you suggest people cope with those things? Like me, that don't worry about it. Worry about the big stuff. 
Yeah, well, yeah, take things into perspective is definitely an, an amazing piece of advice. Mm. And if you want to, if it's really bothering you, then acknowledge the trigger and see that it's not really your partner's fault or your friend's fault or your colleague's fault. It's your responsibility and you have to take responsibility for yourself if you want to work on it, you know. And it's just something that you're going to learn from and then once you've learned from it it's ne not necessarily going to happen again or you're not going to notice it ever again because you've learned from it and you've moved forward and it would be fair to say wouldn't it it's sort of like a, a leopard never changes her spots or her spots you're, you're the same person you're always going to be that person that might leave a cup here or leave a light on there or you know you cut someone off on the telephone mm. that's just you isn't it yeah I, I think the only thing that you can do about it really is to control and change and heal your behavior mm -hmm. you cannot really change your partner's behavior we know that not, that yes. never works <laughs> it, does never, it does never work it never works no <laughs> so the only thing that you can do is control your reaction to it and then you know one secret one thing that I've learned from all this self-development that I've done on myself and with my clients is that actually once you understand the trigger understand the trauma Uh, learn and take the lesson from it and really integrate into your life the trigger doesn't happen again because you don't need to learn from it anymore no. and um, I know it sounds a bit crazy but you know take my word for it and uh, go and play yes indeed I've only got about oh, four minutes left so I've gone through some of my uh, page what about have you got anything there we should be talking about um, Must no have. I'm good let's talk about your list that sounds more interesting talking about my list yes Okay, well, another one, um, trigger I've got, and again, it's to do with being a couple and probably a, a relatively new couple or might even be more serious as you get more into your relationship, and it's a wandering eye. You know, you sort of, hmm, she looks nice, or you might be saying, oh, he looks nice. Or, and while that might just be, I'm just having a bit of fun. That's a trigger, isn't it? That's a you trigger for me, for sure. Yeah, yes. you know, that sort of creates one uncertainty of your role in the relationship, uh, jealousy, Worthiness. How do you get your head around that one? Because it's just natural to look at pretty women or good-looking guys, isn't it? <laughs> Is that natural or not? Or do um, we need to keep that to ourselves and think? That's a debate that we can keep to <laughs> for another episode, I think. But um, recognize that you know it make, it's making you feel insecure, sure. and have a conversation about it. You know, I'm sure that your partner. You know, when um, she looks at um, beautiful guys on the street, yep. you know, she's not looking to hurt you. No. She's just doing this because, I don't know, she might be bored or something. Yeah. Have a conversation. Or something, yes, indeed. Okay, we're just about <laughs> out of time. Just remind our listeners, if we want to come see you for some advice on triggers or, in fact, many other things, because you have lots of modalities, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yes, I do Reiki instead of healing. I do meditation, breath work. It's all to do with self-love and self-care. So if you're interested in working with me, just go to my website, mydawninglight.com, mydawninglight.com, and then you'll be able to um, see all the possible ways that you can work with me. And Celine makes great bread too. Absolutely. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Your Time to Shine on Radio Kidnappers and Celine. As always, uh, it's been our pleasure to talk with you. You look after yourself and talk to the same time, same place next time. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.